First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I am very excited about our guest today because it is Richard Smolin, the CEO and founder of Pipestream, which is an amazing AI-powered platform that is disrupting the whole customer service world. So if you're in customer service and customer support, you need to listen to what this guy has to say. He's making some pretty bold uh, predictions And I think it's important for us to listen to them. Before we get into the interview, if uh, you've got an amazing story that you want to share or a question that you want to ask, please reach out to me on any social media channel. I'm pretty much everywhere. If it is a question, use the hashtag Ask Shep. I'll answer the questions you send in either right there in the social media channel on this show and my newsletter uh, or on my TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home, which can be found on Apple TV, Amazon Prime, uh, Roku, and YouTube. Oh, and you can catch episodes by simply going to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. All right, let's talk to Richard Smolin. Richard, welcome to the show. Great to be a chef. Thank you. So I'm excited to talk to, uh, to you about Pipestream and what you do. And I just want to say for the rest of the world that this is an incredible technology. We're seeing this uh, happen all over in all kinds of businesses. There's automation. There's digital. You are taking advantage of all the amazing tools that are out there. The AIs, the generative AIs, the large language models, chat GPT type technologies. There's lots of chat GPTs out there these days, it seems. Uh And you are working with some of the biggest brands in the world. I won't mention the names, but some of the initials are P&G, AT&T. Okay, you figured it out. But huge companies, restaurant brands, uh, Google, you do it all. And I'm excited to learn more about it. I'm excited to learn more about how it's going to impact the world as a consumer and impact business. So let's jump into it. Uh, Let's talk about why you believe, and specifically we're in this for customer service and experience. Let's talk about the call center and what's happening and how you believe, and I love this line, the call center is heading the way of the fax machine. Do we have a fax machine? I wonder, do you have a fax machine? I certainly don't. And I don't believe in three to five years' time I'm going to phone the call center ever again. You and think? If I do, and if I do, just to clarify, it will be for very high-touch, high-value, high emergency type of situations where you really need, through either legislation or that that uh, interaction, a human on the other end. But for everything else, Shep, ain't going to happen. Yeah, I think that there's uh, – and I'm in agreement – even today, there's lots of people worried about, am I going to have a job in the in the support center world? And here's some interesting stats. I collaborated with Captera on this. Uh, I had it up here a moment ago. I'm going to get it up again. Hold on. And uh, basically, we asked uh, about 250 customer support leaders 
63% said that with AI and technology, they are still increasing staff. 28% said no change. And only 9% said they're reducing staff as a result of AI. Those numbers are obviously going to change. But I, and I do believe five years from now, I think it's going to be, to your point, we're going to have to have really good, well-trained agents on how to build uh, confidence with their customers and answering the right questions and giving for the real high-end type of things. But you know what they're going to be doing at the call centers? They're going to be typing in and talking to the machine and getting AI to give them the, the information they need so they can better serve their customers. And that's why those organizations may not be seeing a reduction in headcount it's because they're using AI to augment humans. And that's perfectly fine. Hmm. So a study of CX experts who are being measured against headcount reduction primarily would give you a different result in that survey because they will be building technology, they will be implementing automation in the pathway of the customer so that the automation, the AI actually intercepts the customer resolves the issue and therefore negates the need for that customer to have interacted with a call center. And when you do that at scale and you do that at a level that is satisfactory to the customer, which with generative AI and immersive digital experiences you can now do, and that's really over the last six to nine months, then you'll start seeing that that trend moves in massive cost reduction directions or, or headcount reduction. So uh, interesting study, probably spoke about general AI versus specifically around call center deflection. And uh, we are certainly in the most uh, exciting of times in all of this because it's become ubiquitous. Everyone's talking about this subject matter. Every CEO, and someone said yesterday that it basically launched a grenade into every CEO's office when ChatGPT made this accessible to you know everyone in the street. Uh, has really created a, an excitement and and there is a, a a mad rush for everyone to figure out where to use it, how to use it, what to do with it. And being at the forefront of it, we get to see a lot. So delighted to have this conversation with you, excited to see what happens over the next six to 12 months in the industry at large and happy to share any of our insights, the learnings and, and some of what we've experienced and make this as helpful to your audience as possible. Well, thank you. And and before I ask you another question, I just want to talk a little bit about Pipestream. And by the way, it's P-Y-P-E stream, pipe spelled incorrectly, but no, I'm just kidding. Spell check didn't catch that for you. No, it's Pipestream okay. with a Y, not an I in pipe. Uh, but it you are working with some of the greatest companies, as I mentioned, huge organizations, yet you haven't been around all that long. And here's what's interesting. Seven years it's pretty long, okay? But all of this incredible technology that we're experiencing today, even though there has been AI for many more than seven years, for much longer than seven years, it just, it seems to be like on this, this uh, the momentum is building. So you've really captured this really probably in the last three to four years, you've seen this growth. How about this last year with this new chat GPT type technology? Yeah, it's, it's been remarkable. And just to, to backtrack a little bit, when we started Pipestream, the entire concept was based on what our existing ideology is, is that customers, patients, any human should be able to self-serve. 
and be able to do things on their own. When you're phoning a call center, essentially you have a human, what they say is human in the loop, listening to what you want done, and then on a swivel chair doing it for you. They're trained on the technology. They know how to get to the outcome you want. Our hypotheses back then were, well, what if we could deliver that in a very intuitive, easy format to the customer themselves and tell them how to get to that endpoint? Would they still need to speak to someone in the call center? And when we started the business, we built the automation to be able to do that. And that was the hard part. And we spent the better part of these seven years building this infrastructure that can talk to any system in the world, your CRMs, your payment systems, your, your, your content management systems, you name it. And we knew that there will come a time when the last, last bit of technology that would make this all explode will come into mass adoption. And that was generative AI and the ability for technology to have a human-esque dialogue with the another human, understand them, assist them, extract information from them, and then very intelligently and with empathy and, and, and with a lot of the, uh, the, the traits that you want in, in some kind of support uh, construct, be able to take you through an entire process. And that last piece, we knew it would come and we were just waiting for it to, as I say, become ubiquitous. And now that GPT came out of their technology, you hear about Anthropic, you hear about Bard and, and, and Palm 2 from Google, and there's so much more. Go to Hugging Face and you see thousands of these large language model type of solutions. But the ability for technology to understand natural language and then process it was inevitable. When you plug that into a massive infrastructure that automates and is able to hit multiple systems concurrently and, and notify you that you're about to have an outage, so help you troubleshoot, which is proactive uh, automation, which we specialize in, then it was just a matter of waiting for it to all come together. So yes, we built everything, uh, seven years of, of just this extraordinary infrastructure build, and now we slotted in the last piece connected it to our front end, which replaces chatbots. So a lot of these clients you mentioned had us come in there and replace their chatbot implementations because they were just chat-centric versus automation and end use. And so I want to make sure the audience understands a chatbot, uh, a bot, or a, a, let's, let's start it this way. If you go on to a website and there's a little screen that says, may I help you, and you start at typing in questions or or whatever, and you're getting responses back and you're interacting, you could be interacting either with a human or with a bot. And oftentimes that bot was responding to questions because it understood the question and had a list of answers to give you. But if you asked it something to like, uh, I don't understand your answer. Would you explain this to me like I'm in sixth grade? It would have no idea what you're talking about but today you can. And that is a huge, vast difference. Absolutely. And I would expand on that and say that that wasn't enough though. Even though that chat bot can now answer your questions with generative AI, that's only a part of what a customer would potentially need done for them. They may want to upgrade their account. They may want to add somebody to their policy. They may want to cancel their flight. So that's now transactional use cases 
And most chatbots can't do that. They don't have the security compliance, they don't have the connectivity to the backend systems. They actually don't even know how to do that. It's unbelievably complicated. And if you don't have automation in the back, it's irrelevant because it can't be done. So the question was, how can the chatbot experience be upgraded to a next generation experience and think of it as a kind of a control panel. Let's put a control panel where the chat window was that yes, you can ask questions inside and we do that like everybody else does and we do it really well. But once the question picks up that Shep's trying to upgrade, actually put an upgrade form in front of him, ask him if it's his credit card he wants charged that's on file and then run the whole process and trigger a, a, a DHL package to his house to send him an extra Roku. All of that is the power of what you can now do with pitting what you described as that chat experience with automation and true, true business process. And as I said, or, or, or was saying, most of our customers had us replace that little chat window with this automation control center. We call it a pipe. So you spoke about pipe stream and we call it a PYPE. And the pipes on a lot of these websites at any given time, through our customers, of which you mentioned a few, over 500 million global consumers can serve themselves through a pipe. So it's become pretty ubiquitous. And this has only happened in the last 18 or so months. And in it's amazing. The last nine months. So it's unbelievable. Um, one of the uh, things I want to talk about is the future of the customer service uh, support world and how you believe the future of all customer service or at least most of it, you kind of uh, uh, hinted that, you know, there's going to be some pretty extreme examples that need help, but you, it's self-service, which is what we're talking about now. But what we want to do for a moment is take a break. We're talking with Richard Smullen, the CEO and founder of Pipestream, and we will be right back. Don't go away. One of my favorite sayings is that customer service isn't a department. It's a philosophy, and it's a philosophy that must be embraced by everyone in the organization all the time and that's 24 seven. So if customer service is important to you and I know it is, then you will love our virtual training, the ultimate on-demand customer service and experience training program that you can access anytime, anywhere. Now the course content applies to everyone, regardless of position and responsibility from senior executives to the most recently hired and everyone in between. You'll discover tips, ideas, and strategies that won't cost your company a fortune, but will produce what I call moments of magic, those positive experience, and it will happen at every level of your organization. So go to Customer Service VT. That's V as in virtual, T as in training. That's CustomerServiceVT.com. It's time to get customer focused. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Richard Smullen of Pipestream, an unbelievable technology out there today. So here's what I'm wondering. You, you mentioned transactions are taking place now that realistically, with the exception of high-end, high-touch support needs, I could probably get most of this done in uh, using a digital experience. It's going to be as easy as simply talking to somebody. So uh, I can type a question. At what point can I start to just talk to the computer? You can do it now if you want to. Or what you can do is you can open up the interface and it tells you that if you're having an issue, swipe left, do a little squiggly on where the issue on your alarm or your, your streaming hardware is and the system will automatically send a patch or something to fix it without you even needing to speak because it's so intelligent 
that it can pick up from gestures, it can pick up from, from little micro interactions and data that it knows what products you have and, and you're in this demographic, so you probably have the same uh, products as using this demographic and therefore it infers that this is what you have and it does it for you. Mm. It's becoming so intelligent that, yes, you can talk and that modality is fine. And with Uber now, can you even think of phoning and speaking to somebody and asking them to send you a car? It's a crazy concept. I know. Whoever would have years thought ago, about it. 15 years ago, it's all, you, it's all you could do. But because that interface is so great, three clicks and a swipe, and suddenly I'm at, I'm at the airport, you uh, you have to wonder, why can't that be in every single use case? And right. you, you touched on it. And, and really, as far as your mind can go and your imagination can go as a CIO or a, or a CMO or a chief experience officer at a company in terms of what you want to give your customers the the self-service or empower them to do on their own is really as far as the, your mind can go. And that's what can be built on this platform. So we've done things from reset your password to get your genomics test results and everything in between. Uh, and it's, it's, it's just getting bigger and bigger across this wide spectrum of, uh, of customers. All right. So here's a concept. Let's say I call my mobile phone provider and they notice, Oh, wow. Thank you very much, Mr. Ike. I'm talking to a human. Uh, it looks like you've been with us for X number of years. You got five uh, five accounts. Wow. That's because I take care of my kids, even though they're older. It's dad's privilege to pay for a cell phone. I love that. It's one last thing I can do for them. I do other things too. But one of the things they might say after they take care of whatever my question or issue was, they might say, you know, Mr. Hyken, I notice you're on this program. I would suggest you switch to a different program and they tell me why. And the reason they believe they're able to do this is they're knowledgeable and they could see what I'm doing. But can you imagine this? This is one of the things I love AI for is helping the support center world by saying this customer is the same customer as 10,000 other customers and they don't even know what they need, but you can make the suggestion and help them get a better experience from us. I believe that the the type of technology that you're talking about at Pipestream can actually do that. And it doesn't need a human to do that because it can analyze all the other customers across a database almost in nanoseconds, not minutes, not studying a screen. It just does it so quickly. And we'll say, hey, I know that we're almost finished. Can I make some suggestions that could make your experience with us better, could help save you money? whatever. And I, I actually, if the automation would help save me money, I would love the automation and the company even more. Any thoughts or comments to that uh, scenario? Again, let's expand on it. The automation or the AI is concurrently looking at your LinkedIn profile and looking for any interest groups there. It's scraping your Facebook to see which 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 sports teams you may be like or, or, or what, uh, what is, is that creepy or is that cool? It's cool. It's all public facing. And if it's going to create personalization for the user so that the AI is able to make a much more meaningful recommendation or not, because it picked up something that you're very vocal about and it was now going to suggest something that may be offensive, then it's not going to say anything. So it's, it's, it's unbelievably powerful in its ability to do so much at the same time. Humans are limited by what they can do. So while I'm responding to the individual, I can't quickly see what interest groups they're part of or what 
meal they had yesterday on the flight returning from New York and did they have an issue with the seat there and moved to there. But AI can do that all at the same time. And, and in real time. Real fast. Real, real fast. fast. It's, 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 it's nanoseconds. And then it comes to you with a recommendation and then it's saying, click here and I'll do it for you. And you never need to worry again. And for airlines to know that every time you connect, they've already in, in, in a nanosecond, the response has been trained with your last three years of flying with Delta and it knows everything about you, what seats you like, the, the food you bought. And it's able to make that experience so personalized that it even pre-programs what's on the TV on the plane for you with what it knows you like and want to watch wow. the meals exactly what you want. And you didn't have to do anything. The AI just figured it out because there's so much data that's available for the AI to take advantage of. You Humans know, can't do that. Years ago, uh, I, I watched a YPO, Young President's Organization program, a gentleman named Akit Fadia, Ankit, A-N-K-I-T, Ankit Fadia. And he talked, he was, he's a professional hacker, but he, he teaches companies how to avoid being hacked. And one of the things he starts off with, does anybody here have a, a Facebook account? And right, he goes, oh, you guys are, you guys are done. Anybody here uh, ever go on Google? Oh, you guys are done. Has anybody ever gone on the internet? Everybody raises, oh, you guys are done. Basically, once we're on these these uh, technologies we're, we're, and we have a Facebook page or LinkedIn profile, that's open season. I think it would be cool if, if what you're talking about, the technology, if I'm interacting with a company and they're using this technology, I had a quick look at your Facebook page and I picked this up. I see you're a hockey player. Uh, I saw the Blues won last night. You know, it's just... It's going to be able to interact with me at that level. And you think it's going to build relationships in the process? Absolutely. It's going to create such intimacy because the end user is not going to think it's building a relationship with the AI. It thinks it's, and the end user is going to believe it's building a relationship with the business who just happens to be using the AI. And that level of connectivity to a business, uh, uh, care and, and, personalization from the business is what's going to drive loyalty. And you speak about it umpteen times, Shep. It's that get a customer, but are they going to come back? Right. And it's so easy to just click onto the next website and become the customer there. Let me down once I'm gone. And so if you feel that there's really, really a meaningful relationship and through that relationship, you get all sorts of benefits and your experience is always pleasurable, then you're not going to leave. And that's the gold standard. And yep. one of my, my dear friends, Colin Cowie, talks about this standard of telling your customers what they actually didn't realize they wanted and being so, so in tune with them and making it feel very personalized. The way that the system interacts with you, Shep, is going to be very different to how it interacts with my sister, for example, a different location, a different stage of life. And that makes her feel that this system cares and knows about her. Well, this is a world uh, we can look forward to, and it's actually uh, happening right now, getting better and better. Um, I've got to ask you before we jump off, and you know I'm going to ask you one final question, but this isn't it. Uh, HAL 2001 Space Odyssey, uh, iRobot, all of these movies that are out there with technologies uh, that basically go out of control. Any thoughts on the out of control, oh my gosh, it's going to take over the world kind of uh concern well you describe what's called general ai we're still in the era of narrow ai where it's <laughs> large language models what you're describing is is the equivalent of a human empathy feelings emotions it's terrifying 
I don't know and have much of a perspective on uh, on what the world's going to be like when that happens. I do think it's going to be a lot further out than than people think. Although we're moving pretty rapidly towards that uh, that destination, it's not going to affect what we're doing. Uh, we the AI right now is adequate and perfectly fine to make any company have much better customer service and excel at, at driving loyalty and satisfaction. And yeah, it, I, I think it's going to be dangerous, but I think if they're guardrails and I think if there's 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 people playing by the rules, it's it's going to be fine and it's going to really evolve the world generally. And it's exciting and yep. terrifying. <laughs> it, exciting and terrifying at the same time. And I think people playing by the rules is great. But as we know, I don't care what the technology or anything, it doesn't have to even be technology, Criminals will figure out ways to be criminals and do things differently as things change. All right, my final question. Is there a nugget of wisdom that you say, gosh, I've got to share with this audience? And I know you have one. You're a very smart dude, by the way. And this has been an amazing interview. We've already gone over the typical time. And I know I could spend another hour and a half with you. So we may have to have you back. So what would your one last piece of advice or thought be for us? It's actually something I uh, I learned very recently from a friend of mine, Tony Saldana. Actually, used to be at PNG, and he told me about Martex law, M A R T E C, and Martex law states that technology changes at an exponential rate, yet organizations change at a logarithmic rate, and therefore, over time, the distance or the gap gets greater and greater between where organizations are and where the technology is at. And the longer organizations leave their adoption of technology and, 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 and experimentation and embracing of, of what is changing exponentially, the greater the gap's going to be. And ultimately, they'll never catch up and they'll be just left behind. And, uh, and even if they'll want to catch up, it will just be too late for a lot of them. So Martech's law, fascinating and something that certainly even as an entrepreneur, I'm now thinking about and applying in my business so that we don't get too far behind on technologies and different uh, innovation that we could be using to bring to our customers. Right. Uh, fascinating, fascinating. The short thought on this is, is keep up or forget about it. You're going to be in the dust. People won't even be able to see you because there's so much dust and you're so far away if you don't keep up. I would imagine the only way if you get too far behind is to say, let's just start over again. And start from where we are, it, where we where we should be right now, but where we need to be. And and I I that's a fascinating. It's it's called Marcus uh, Martech M A R T E C Martex Martex Law. law. Awesome. And I will say, when it's too late, you've opened up the door for the disruptors to emerge on the market, right? So old taxi limousine industry make phone calls, didn't adopt technology, got too far. Martex Law couldn't catch up. Uber arrives on the scene game over. Yep. So fascinating and uh, glad to share it with your audience. Chef. Yeah. Don't be the taxi cab competing against Uber in your industry is what you're saying. Yeah. Or the, the Netflix to blockbuster. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. There you go. Don't be a blockbuster. <laughs> that's, that's an even better example. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Richard. This has been an amazing conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Chef. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We will be back next week, and I promise you another great interview. And until that time, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.